Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. And this week, we are joined by the co-founders of West Peak Productions, Trayvon and Scooter. West Peak is a production company that combines event strategy and technology support to seamlessly bring you the best event experience. And so in this episode, they are going to share with us how they have scaled their event business. So here we go. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm Logan Clements, one of your co-hosts. And we're going to save as much time as we can for our two guests, because yes, we have two guests and we'll continue to say we're very excited, but I am genuinely very excited for this interview. We're going to be talking with the two co-founders of West Peak. And to give them a little bit of an introduction, West Peak is a production company that combines event strategy and technology support to seamlessly bring you the best event experience. Now let's meet the, the two co-founders. Scooter Taylor attended Morehouse College, where his studies focused on marketing. Since his undergraduate days, his work has been at the intersection of technology and culture. Taylor launched venture-backed technology companies with investors that included Comcast Ventures, Morgan Stanley, and Y Combinator. In March 2020, he launched Quarantine Con, a digital community of 10,000 people who attended several virtual events that highlighted Black creatives and entrepreneurs. And from this endeavor, West Peak Productions was birthed. Mary, you want to introduce our other co-founder? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so the second co-founder of West Peak is Trayvon Hill, and Trayvon also attended Morehouse College, where he majored in psychology. He has taken the technical and synthesizing skills learned in the lab into the world of venture, which I have definitely seen, and we'll talk more about that. But um, Trayvon has a focus on bridging the technology and economic equity gap with community communities of color. And he also works with founders, business professionals, and local government leaders and investors on projects, products, and campaigns focused on the triple bottom line. He has a passion for connecting people with purpose by providing the resources and opportunities they need to execute their ideas. And we are so pleased to welcome Scooter and Trayvon to the podcast. So thank you for being here. What's up? What's up? 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 Uh, Excited to be sitting here in the seat, honestly. Uh, So thanks for having us. And is there anything that we left out of your introductions that you want to point on really quick, right? When we uh, get started, we want to make sure we're not just hanging, losing something that you all want to point out. Probably. Uh, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee, uh, and he's got some Memphis connection in there. But I just want to shout out my hometown always. (laughs) Nice. That's funny. I I was going to say something that's not in our, our bio that... Uh, we probably should mention, especially as we're starting to meet people who didn't know us in college, is that we've just known each other for like ever at this point. Um, and so like often when people like see us or meet us or like they're in business meetings with us, whatever the case is, um, one, they're always like, man, you all are so young. And then the other is just like, man, you all kind of synergize so well. Um, and so something that's not a part of our story, but very much so reflective of our story is just we've just known each other for like years now. So I think that's probably another big piece that you'll see it formed and just how we talk and rip off of each other. We've, we've been in weddings together. We've, we've traveled whole together. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of, lot of connection there. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I may or may not have slept on his sister's couch while I was in San Francisco trying to figure out like my life adventure. There's actually so much. We'll go through like the backstory one of these times, <laughs> but 
for today, we'll talk about all the successes for sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, that's exciting. And I love to hear how close you all are and it totally seems like it too. And we like to kind of start with like a why we asked our guests. So um, I feel like I've been kind of like hinting at this because I've been saying things. But um, one of the reasons that we asked to speak is because I've had the pleasure to work with Scooter and Trayvon. And so um, it's kind of a, a, I think it's a funny story. I don't know. I met Trey, or sorry, I met Scooter at a uh, StreamYard event. It was the StreamYard Summit, I think in 20. Yeah. 2021 yep. and um scooter put out a call in the general chat looking for I, I don't remember what you said but it was like looking for freelancers or team members or something like that and so i messaged you on Streamyard, and i have to say i like wasn't quite sure if it was a scam or not because it just seemed like too easy <laughs> and so i was like i guess we'll see what happens i don't know <laughs> Yeah, and luckily was, it was not a scam. So thank you for enough. that. It wasn't. It was a real, real opportunity. Uh, you know, we were looking for for just more rock stars to come on and, and meet with the clients, right? And I think the role has switched. You know, several names at this point. I think we were calling them like account managers at one point, event producers. Now they're called like event managers. I put that in the chat, and you know, there's a thousand people going, so the chat's moving. And I thought no one saw my message. And then I see Mary go, Scooter, I can do it. And I'm like, oh, let me DM her. Uh, and so uh, that turned into, you know, some email introductions. And then next thing you know, I get an update that's like, oh, yeah, Mary's on board and she's in Slack. And, you know, so we had actually met. We were literally um, we met in person months, months after uh, at IMAX uh, America in Vegas. Uh, and it was a really cool moment of like, Hey, actually, we just met in person for the first time. I've never actually, you know, met you, but uh, it was really cool. So I think appreciate you. I think I shot my shot, and then you were open to opportunity. So that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It was definitely like right place, right time type thing. Because you're right, the chats get crazy. So I'm just surprised I even saw it. <laughs> but yay, glad I did. Well, I think an important takeaway for any listener that it doesn't matter where you get some of these leads from. You never know if some of these, I know we, we, Mary and I, we constantly are hearing people are sick of virtual and there's genuine connections that can be made and come out of these virtual opportunities that maybe it would have taken longer or never happened if you guys weren't ever in the same physical space together. So very cool that that's how that's you guys true. met. For sure. Yeah. I wouldn't, wouldn't be in the seat if uh, I didn't uh, probably <laughs> yeah, <I was> in <laughs> that message. So super cool. Yeah, definitely. So we want to jump into our topic, which is about how to scale an event business. And you all mm -hmm. have a lot of experience with this. So we're excited to hear what you have to say. So we'd like to start off simple though. So let's just take a step back for a moment. And so can you briefly share each of your event journeys? So basically how each of you ended up in the event world in general? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, I can I can kind of start us off. Um, you know, I think it, this has been a funny one as people have asked us like, oh, yeah, when did you like when was your start in the events industry? And it's hard to say that we were like in the industry per se, but both of us have kind of come from a background of like community and culture uh, in various different ways. Uh, I think mine starts with just having parents who are in the entertainment industry. Um, and who are performers. Uh, and so being on kind of like tour buses and stuff with them, like growing up and kind of seeing like breakdowns and, and seeing run of shows and, and production binders and all that stuff, like it was super proximal to those things, but definitely didn't learn anything formally. Um, and then it all kind of culminated, uh, you know, in college when, you know, you're, you're putting together uh, really studious events um, with your friends to be studious. Uh, and, you know, you have to like, you know, with your studious friends, uh, come up with budgets for cups and for food to stay, you know, hydrated and to stay nourished. Um, and then you start realizing like, oh, wow, to kind of like 
do this over and over again, you kind of need a strategy, you need a plan, you need to start figuring out like how many people are going to be there, you know, what, do, what are the activities you're going to do, stuff like that. Uh, and then, you know, you do that with enough of your friends uh, over and over again, and you start realizing like, oh, like we're, we're throwing events, right? Um, the funny story about our name is that it was a, it's a street name of the house that Scooter and I lived on in college. Uh, so that's where Westby comes from for those who, uh, you know, want to do Westby trivia one day. Um, so that's kind of like, that's our ode um, just to like the, the friendship, but also like really the culmination of really like when we started doing events, right? Um, and then from there, you know, we kind of really, it was, it was the tech enablement, right? I think, you know, we talk about it a lot now, like the new normal of events was that we were moving over to like a virtual standard. Uh, we just kind of got thrown into it uh, in 2020. And so from there, you know, you bring the culmination of the friendship, uh, the, the coordination skills, the organization skills, uh, and then you kind of get this beautiful flower, which is like a, a virtual events hybrid, you know, events company, um, which now we can kind of run full service because we you know, both decided really early we wanted to be entrepreneurs. So um, really, you know, a lot of that really comes from both of us knowing that we wanted to be ready for an opportunity, maybe not knowing it was going to be event specifically, but just so happened that we had a lot of the skills that are needed in, you know, uh, being event service uh, production owners. So I love the, the glossy, glossy PR answer uh, about how we would throw parties in college. Uh, <laughs> some of our first events. Studious. Uh, but, uh, studious, yeah, studious, studious. Studious. Um, but no, I mean, you know, I think, diving even deeper, you know, we really got introduced, I think it was a matter of like four or five days. I, you know, I think we didn't really know what we were getting into uh, in terms of an industry specifically, right? You know, truth be told, Trayvon was actually going to conferences, right? That was kind of his part of his job description and, and role and just out on the West Coast. Um, and so if you want to fast forward, maybe we tell the March story here, Trayvon, but uh, I went home to my mom's birthday dinner, uh, March 13th, 2020, right? So that's, you know, literally two years ago, uh, as of a couple of days ago. Um, and it got stuck, right? The pandemic was starting. We had to shelter in place. Uh, Trayvon emailed me and says, hey, I was going to go to a conference this weekend. Uh, but if you notice, you know, uh, you know, they have to go virtual and they canceled the in-person. Now they're going virtual. You should go. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. You know, like, sure. Uh, and he had to text me a couple times to go actually. He was like, yeah, are you on? Are you logged in? And I was like, I'm coming, I'm coming. Um, and it was on hop in actually. Um, so this is like, you know, fresh March, you know, and we both used the networking feature. We were both in the chat. Um, and you know, it was just fun again, to this point, we've, we've all, we've both been at the forefront of like technology We're tech nerds. You know, we're, we're the guys who were making videos in GarageBand and, you know, on iChat, probably in high school, right? And just, you know, really loving technology. Um, and next thing you know, we, we kind of text each other. And, and it's funny, we'll probably have to send it to you all, but there's, there's screenshots of our text messages uh, back and forth where we actually say like, hey, we should do our own conference this weekend, right? Uh, what if we did something for Black creatives and Black entrepreneurs? Like, how cool would that be, right? Uh, of course, we're both like, sure, let's do it. I thought Hopin was like an enterprise $20,000 technology. Uh, turns out it was a hundred bucks a month, right? So I Venmoed him my last 50 bucks and I think he probably took his one of his last 50 bucks and we signed up for an account. Um, and, and four days later, we had put together a conference. And, you know, I think that's the power of, I know this whole thing is about scaling up, uh, but in early days, right? It's about kind of going for and like, you know, a little bit of trusting gut, a little bit of like, what's already happening, you know, we didn't really know how to throw a conference. I didn't you know, know how to throw a conference, but we knew there were some core elements, right? Speakers, core element, 
what's the theme, right? What's the language? Why are we doing this? Um, and so, you know, Trayvon's really great with, with intentionality and words. And so he was able to kind of come up with this really cool thing that says, hey, we're, we're here to learn, partner, and connect, right? And so we looked up and we had speakers, we had a theme, we had graphics, we had event flyers, and we put it out to the world. And literally like 2,500 people signed up in the first like day and a half. <laughs> um, and then, you know, 5,000 people eventually came to the actual conference. And so overnight, right, we became the virtual conference guys. <laughs> and uh, so that was our, our first foray really into the, the events industry. And again, at that point, it wasn't even really a, a true business. There wasn't even West Peak Productions. It was just, let's keep doing cool events for our friends while we are stuck in the house. Um, so that was kind of our, our, our shove into it, but I'll pause there. <laughs> it's, I feel like that's such a, a good staple of what kind of came out of the pandemic was some of the folks that, you know, were able to embrace, you know, the tools we had at our disposal at the time and just jump head first in and yeah. realize we all still want to connect, even though we were all, you know, isolated and, and how sure. you can use it. So, um, yeah, I think hopping costs a little bit more than a hundred dollars now a month, but <laughs> a little bit. They're actually, I think they still have an affordable plan, but uh, some of the bells and whistles you gotta like pay pay to play now. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it might be a little stripped down from probably what you guys what you used, but I'm just really interested then in hearing how from that conference, you know, how did you start West Peak Productions? If you can talk about kind of the services you guys offer and. Um, if you want to touch into who your ideal client is now and if that's evolved since when you first started. Sure. Yeah, I can I can take this one a little bit here. So uh, we did our first conference. Five thousand people show up. It's exciting. We're trending on Twitter. Wake up the next day. We make a slack. I think maybe two days later, we both quit our like jobs and we're like, this is what we're going to do. Right. We're going to like literally do uh, events and build this community for ourselves. Uh, so we kept doing it. We did virtual gyms and career fairs and we did political campaigns. We did virtual phone banking. We did, you know, charity events. We did so many events week after week, day after day, and we were planning them. And it kind of became easy because we started to like use technology, right? And so we started to kind of like all the things that maybe were seemed very complicated. It's like, oh, let's make a Google sheet for this and let's do this and let's streamline this process and let's bring in our friend to do this. So we were running our own kind of event production company. Again, didn't really have the language that we are actually producing it ourselves. We're just like, we're just doing this thing, right? Um, and we're, you know, we're sound checking the speakers and we're emailing them call times. And again, didn't have any of this language. We're just like, this is what we have to do to make this work. We have to make sure the speaker feels comfortable. Got to make sure the technology works. We got to make sure we produce it well, um, you know, uh, put together the theme of the conference. And then someone texted us and said, hey, uh, I work with someone and they want to do this. Can you do it? How much does it cost, right? Uh, and so we literally uh, charged, I think we charged about the same price as a Chipotle burrito uh, for our first <laughs> event that we produced. Uh, it was pretty, pretty low for anyone watching out there at the first event. So, uh, but it was, it was literally enough to really cover the hop-in bill, right? We didn't know, again, what we were getting into, but we were like, we know the steps, right? Here's what you have to do. Everything that we've done for our own events, we need you to do, right? And, and so when you fast forward now and we get more clients, you realize okay, we're managing the technology, right? We're making a pretty turnkey service. We're managing the hop in, the Zoom, the run the world, the C event, whatever that is, we're managing that, right? We're also producing the event, right? So we're also making that everything that happens on screen 
is coming off, you know, in accordance to the run of show, right? We're also providing event support. We're talking to your speakers, you know, we're, we're troubleshooting with them, right? We're in the chat with your attendees, troubleshooting. Um, you know, nowadays we send out camera kits and lighting, right? Um, we also provide pre-event logistics, right? So all the different systems and things to stay organized and stay project, you know, the project management of it all, where, you know, some of our event managers like Mary come in, right? We were doing that as well. So I like to say we're a full service event, you know, production company right now. We can do virtual events. Uh, we can do hybrid events, which is really special because, again, we started in virtual, but now kind of seeing the evolution of the world and how we get to kind of go back outside now and we can actually play in that space. Uh, and we've even completed a metaverse event, right, And which is also really cool to think about. So uh, we're turnkey. We do all of those services and we do it for some of the world's biggest brands uh, and some of the most also like niche brands on the internet, right? So uh, it doesn't matter if you're big or you're small. Uh, we've worked with, you know, organizations, um, you know, that cater only to mothers. Uh, and we've also worked with former presidents and their foundations, right? Um, and so, you know, foundations, nonprofits, corporations, venture capital firms. Uh, we've worked a lot with uh, some business schools. I feel like we might both have an MBA now uh, from a couple different business schools because we go to so many different conferences. But those are some of our core clients. I think, you know, anyone that's looking to bring people together um, and, and, you know, needs some technology involved in that, right? We can uh, be on your team, right? And we can make sure this is turnkey and easy. So uh, that's the, the sales pitch and what we do. <laughs> That's awesome. And I have to say, it's been really cool, even just during my time working with you all to see the growth. Like it's like, I feel like I've, I've just seen it in a short amount of time, whether um, it's like with events or with the processes or with the team, the team seems to keep growing. The awesome team, I might add, I feel like we got to shout that out for sure. Um, and so I don't know, it's just, it's just been really awesome to be able to, to see the growth happening. And so um, with that in mind, what has the growth of West Peak looked like? Like you just kind of spoke to it, but can you speak more to that for, you know, for anybody who's listening, they're like, okay, so this sounds awesome, but still like, how did they get there? So that's part one of the question. Part two is, and has it grown as expected? So, so it's funny that as it's grown as expected, I answered that one first by uh, three simple letters. That's LOL. Uh, because <laughs> the, I don't think that like expectation implies so much more of like what we had planned to do. Um, I, I think the first time I ever described what we were doing with West Peak, I said, uh, oh man, like this has all been like a really, you know, beautiful accident. Um, and that's actually not true though, right? Like it's more of like a, you know, really serendipitous incident, right? Because everything that we're doing and even the growth that you're seeing, it's all of what we practiced and tried to be an intentional about beforehand, right? It just came out in an industry that we wouldn't have expected to. We thought we were both going to be like these tech moguls who had this really cool product, um, which we may still be on the way. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, we thought we were going to be these like tech moguls who were, you know, in, in the Bay Area, you know, um, kind of sipping matcha teas and, you know, talking about how the world is going to be uh, when we kind of finally get to Mars. Um, and not realizing that like there was actually, you know, uh, a, a time that was on the way where there was going to be a need for um, kind of like this very niche type of entrepreneur, right? Someone who is a tech native, but who also still cared about bringing people together, uh, but who also could do this, right? Like interact virtually, but really make you feel seen and heard. Um, and so, you know, being an innovator in a lot of those spaces separately really brought us to the forefront of now when it came time to, you know, I really think about it like a threshold, right? Like, you know, it was, it was, we were setting up all the C4 really like up until you know 2020. Uh, and then, you know, we kind of set it ablaze when now we have this idea 
and you, we can now expand it to our network, right? So, so we've been innovative. Uh, we thought to ourselves, hey, we can bring this sort of product to our community. We didn't know it was a product yet. We're just, let's bring this event, this opportunity to, you know, as Scooter said, learn, partner, connect. Let's bring this event to our community. Uh, but now our network, because we've been building it for so long, you know, they are expansive. Uh, but they're following us, right? Because they see the vision, they see what we're interested in doing. And so when we kind of push send on that tweet or send on that email, you know, a lot of that activation was really, you know, and I'm going back to quarantine con, a lot of that activation was just because they knew us. And they were just like, if their names are on it, which literally our names were just on it, it said Trey and Scooter present quarantine con. They're like, this is just going to be fun. I'm so interested. I know that these are two innovative people. Um, so innovation would be my very first one, right? We've grown and, and we've seen the growth through the ways that we've been able to innovate. Uh, the next one is going to be networking, right? Um, we had done so much networking beforehand and that by the time we got to, again, like our big moment, um, our network now did the work for us, right? So they now become like our referral base, right? Which is really like my third big point, right? Is that you, you start with innovation, you leverage your network, and then you let the referral base do what it does, especially in like a kind of where we are. We're at the intersection of a couple of different industries, right? We're consultants, but we're like tech IT managers, uh, but we're also kind of like marketers, but we're also event planners, right? And so, you know, we're sitting in the middle of all of these kind of intersected inter industries. And what we're, we're noticing is that, you know, it's really hard to figure out how to market your services and who you are as a product and, you know, as a team to all of those at the same time, right? But get someone who's experienced it for themselves and they'll do it for you, right? Because they'll be able to bring that other person to the table the way that you want them to be brought in. So I can't tell you how many like beautifully crafted emails that have hit our inbox that have like done all the work for us. And all we now have to do is give them our Calendly, right? <laughs> because they're just like, I want to meet the group that is, you know, bringing all these phenomenal speakers, right? So we talk about this a lot and we just did in our retreat where, you know, we meet so many different people in an event cycle, right? We meet the, the client team, right? The client team introduces us to all the sponsors because we have to onboard them. Then we have to onboard all the speakers. And then lastly, on the day of, we're introduced to all the attendees. So that's so many different types of people that have gotten introduced to Westpeak that now if their experience was great, they go and do all the talking for us, right? So, you know, we can see a lot of our growth and what comes back, but there's so much growth that we even haven't seen, right? That's still moving and still kind of being done on our behalf just because we've done those three things, right? We were innovative, we you know maintained our network, and then we kind of let that referral base do what it was supposed to do. Um, so that's kind of what our growth has looked like. And then again, answering the question about the expected, that's just so funny to me because I wake up every day just to kind of something new that I can't expect, right? Um, the only thing I can expect now is that the growth is going to be fast, right? And sometimes I have to like, you know, slow myself down and be like, all right, let me make sure I'm learning the lessons because I know for sure that I'm going to be launched into a new opportunity. Uh, so now it's just like, what am I doing now to make sure that I'm ready for the next step? Because before I was smart enough to make sure I was ready for this one. So I think that's kind of the, the biggest thing that, that, that I've learned and that I've seen in our growth so far. Yeah, I think it's been an interesting, um, since 2020, it sounds like you guys jumped on the bandwagon really quickly, but I know a lot of event businesses that were just without business for a long period of time. And now we're hitting a boom of events. I know the, the wedding industry is like exploding with how many weddings they have this year. And I think that's the same for a lot of people playing catch up and just missing out on that in-person connection. So when you talk to Yvonne about your network, I think the part that's stuck in my head, I'm like, that's all great, but also like there's work then that you have to do with all these amazing referrals. Um, so I'm just interested of kind of what, um, knowledge and wisdom you can kind of give our listeners about how you've been able to scale your business at West Peak and like what tips do you have for other entrepreneurs who are trying to figure out how they can grow and scale maybe, you know, more granularly like with operations and internally as, as a company? 
Yeah, I, I love that question um, because this is where, like, this is where I, I, I thrive, right? So Mary was talking about um, kind of my background, which I don't know if she knew before she read the bio officially. Uh, but one thing that I love to do is like, you know, I'm a scientist at the end of the day, so I love finding patterns and I love creating systems. So the biggest thing that we've done is we've scaled through our systems. So to your point, Logan, you know, in the events industry, there's a lot of things that typically are high touch, right? You know, you're trying to give that white glove treatment. You're trying to make it feel like we're there with you every step of the way. Um, so in the realm of technology, without kind of being on the phone with someone the whole time or on Zoom the whole time, you know, trying to figure out how to do that can be very time consuming if you're making it up each time, right? What did we start to do? Well, we started to figure out really early, to Scooter's point, we didn't have the language for it yet, but really early on, we started to figure out like, okay, all these speakers need a time but you know they can't necessarily kind of go back and forth with me on email. How do I give them a slate of times, right? Okay, well now we're going to leverage kind of what we learned in the you know sector of technology and kind of move it over to the events, right? So we're going to start giving them their own designated calendars to find times with our event producer staff, right? Um, so now they get you know kind of the ease of use. They find their best time that's already kind of been set, and we've now automated a process that used to feel. Right to, to get that, that 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 white glove treatment touch, we've now automated that, given that touch, and now allowed for the staff member to not feel exhausted before they even come into face with you know the person that they need to meet with. Um, the next thing is just kind of building your your best muscles kind of through quality reps, right? Um, you're always going to be building muscles. Every single project, you know, there's going to be a muscle built, um, especially for us because we're going to make sure we get through it. Um, but finding out like how to build the best one through quality reps, like this is something I took from a podcast I heard a little while ago. But I love that language because you know it really becomes a choice when you're getting these projects to figure out like how you want to handle it. Right? Sometimes it takes a little bit longer, but you know, like, hey, I'm actually learning everything I'm going to need to to do it faster next time versus uh, let me actually just do it the fast way really quick because I have so many things I need to do. It's really being able to look ahead and go, I know for certain that if I could figure this thing out right now, that it's going to streamline everything in the future, right? Um, and so now we've built some really quality systems, some really quality muscles. Uh, and then the last one is like how you streamline your ideas, right? Like where, because I know we've gotten pushed a lot on like where we're going to continue to innovate going forward. And it really just comes down to like, finding your own decision matrix, right? And I think that's something that's been really, really key for us um, because you wanna go at your pace, right? You don't wanna go too fast, you definitely don't wanna go too slow, uh, but you wanna find your pace and your pace is typically fine at learning how you make decisions, right? Uh, and once you can kind of sit and kind of get those things locked in, you just start to kind of really find your rhythm. Your teammates come in, you start giving them the confidence that you have, and now you've expanded your reach. Um, so a lot of these things, again, um, have been things that we've really developed over the course of our years before we got to this business, uh, but we've really been able to see them activate and been able to like see them grow. And we've grown just as a result of having to really um, kind of engage in them, right? Because it's usually in theory, right? Like a lot of the things that we're reading about and stuff, you know, entrepreneurs, they'll do all this reading all day and then, you know, don't actually kind of step forward, right? And so what we've learned is like, when you step forward, you actually get to figure out what your process is, right? And you'll add your own elements to it. You'll figure out what it looks like. Um, but the scaling really does look like, you know, that that systems building, right? And so if I could like hunker on that, you know, I really will, because if you can find out a way to do something over and over and over again, right, you really put yourself like in a really good position um, to again, be able to scale, right? Like what used to take me, you know, um, an hour to do it now can take me like five minutes to do and i can now do you know 20 or 50 of those in that hour right so you just gave me major flashbacks to my like college strength and conditioning coach with quality reps and time under tension and how much i hated that whenever we did squats for like 
time, you know, like an eight second down was way worse than just regular squatting, but for some reason was way more efficient. So thank you for conjuring that lovely memory. I was like, oh, that is like business. <laughs> you hate them, but they're definitely worth it. <laughs> I love that you brought up systems because I think it's something that actually we, we don't talk a lot about that on this podcast or hear people talk about it that often, but it's like a key component. And so I, I'm just really glad that you pointed that out. And it makes a lot of sense that you have had success based on the systems a lot. So, um, so thanks so much for sharing that. And, you know, along with that, not, of course, not everything goes to plan as always. There's always things that maybe you wish you could have done differently in general. And so I'm curious, um, this is kind of a hard question, so you can take it wherever you want to take it. But if you could go back and do something differently while growing West Peak, what would you do? And I know a lot of the, the answer is like, well, we're glad that everything happened how it did because it was meant to be. And here we are. And that's a great answer. But I'd love to hear anything you're willing to share about maybe what you would go back and do differently. And Scooter, I think we should start with you. And maybe you could just share like <laughs> a, an experience that you had. And this is just this is really just like poking fun at Scooter. And you can <laughs> then answer the question however you like. But I'll just introduce it and say, um, West Peak has had the opportunity to work with some really amazing people <laughs> and agencies and organizations. And Scooter has a funny story about um, introducing himself. So I'll just For let sure. you take it. I, I wouldn't go back and change this at all, actually. I would probably, yeah. I would still do it the same. Uh, and and honestly, if we were in front of him again, I'd, I'd probably do it again. Uh, why not? But we got a chance to work with a former president. Um, and it was a big deal. Uh, it was actually on the one year anniversary after uh, we did quarantine con. So imagine you do this 5,000 person event overnight, life changes, and you start to do this virtual event production company. 365 days later, you're sitting in front of like a former US president as he gets on StreamYard, right? Um, and so, you know, um, I think I did three outfit changes. Uh, so I came out first in like a sweater. I was like, that's too casual. I came back in like a cardigan and a button down. But I was sweating and I was like, this isn't even me. Like, this is not my personality at all. Uh, and so finally, this is before we had like West Peak swag and like, you know, we don't, we don't have any of that, right? So for anyone that's also wondering if you need all that with a few big things, I don't even think we had a website. I think our website was still just like a dachshund uh, PDF uh, at this point. But, you know, I'm seconds away from meeting uh, a former president. He's back there. We bring him up on screen. Trayvon's sitting to my left. And uh, I open up and I'm like, how's it going, Mr. President? My name is Trayvon. And this is, Scoot I mean, I'm Scooter. Uh, and it's just like an awkward moment where he's looking like, who are you? You know, I don't know. Like, what, what is your name? I don't really know. Um, and so, um, so yeah, he probably thinks we're both Trayvon at this point. But uh, so that that's a, a cool, again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing about that. Um, I think what I would say is, um, I mean, you know, again, I wouldn't change much. I would probably go back in time and, just be probably more aggressive on pricing and, and, and truly nailing in and, and not and not by saying like I'm more aggressive and every time I want to go up $3,000 or $4,000, right? But maybe taking a little bit more time in the early days to understand what we were actually providing, right? What was the actual value uh, and how does that connect to the client and the ROI? I think, you know, in, in the moment you're sitting there, you, you know, it's you're not really a good negotiator. You're probably doubting yourself. You know, they're not showing much emotion on their side. They're just like, how much is it? You know, it's an awkward moment where you're like, what's your budget? And they're like, well, how much is it? Right. Um, and I think, you know, like if, and you, you gain confidence when you actually kind of like 
aren't in the dark, right? When you actually study and research and like understand something, right? It's how confidence kind of grows. And so, you know, would have been way more confident to be able to maybe charge 20,000 instead of 10,000 on some of those projects, right? Or 100,000 rather than 40,000, right? And they probably would have said yes. Um, And I think in hindsight, you just live and learn and you keep going, right? Uh, And I think that's, you know, maybe lesson number two, right? Outside of like understanding your value and, and being confident enough to speak on it is, is, you know, literally keep going, right? Like, you know, you're going to have some bad days in the gym, right? Where the event doesn't go well, uh, you're going to undercharge, underprice, you know, you're going to get into it with your team. Uh, but like, you, you know, really push through some of those tough days and, and, and keep going. Uh, and then third, I think, you know, what's been really special to West Peak in general, right? It's just working with people that you trust, right? Yeah, someone that's going to really uh, trust you, your insight, appreciate you. Uh, they're not going to want to like see you trip up and fail secretly uh, behind your back, right? They're, they actually want uh, to see you do well. You want to see them do well. Um, and so being able to really uh, have someone that's going to, you know, um, appreciate that and really stand up for, you know, you both uh, is going is, to is really important, I think, if you're in like a, you know, a team situation. So those are, those are three uh, broad things, right? Understand your value. Uh, you know, be able to to really think about, um, you know, those things with your team as well. No, I think I think you hit on the head. It's so interesting. Like, we didn't even plan to talk about this, but that's exact. That's where I would have gone straight is just, you know, I think looking back and even kind of, you know, pulling financials back to like when we first started, like, he's not kidding. Like, we, our hourly rate was literally Chipotle. Like, it was so low, um, mainly because we really did not think that it was like, too difficult like we it had become so easy for us at that point that we thought like anyone can do this right but just because we saw the vision clearly does not mean everyone could do it and even to this day as we've started to meet with more event professionals who we like you know respect and we're looking at them like man how did you do what you're doing they're looking at us like how are you doing what you and we're like oh oh it's valuable right and it just like that kept happening to where you know we started to then get told by like these people who we're thinking are you know our mentors they're telling us like you are not charging the right price like at all. And we're like, oh, okay, good to know. Right. Uh, but just back to the confidence thing, I, I would say the big thing I would change is that uh, it's, it's confidence. Um, I have another like quick funny story is we had a really big client. We actually funnily call it our seed round because it was like our first really, really big client. Um, and throughout the entire experience, it was actually a virtual uh, internship. So we did it for about 25 days. So many different elements. We did not charge, like we charged, it was, it was the biggest deal to date back then, but like looking at it now, the amount of time that they were getting, like we we're waking up at like 6 a.m. every day and like going to sleep at 6 p.m. every day. And like they had us there for support the entire time. It was wild. Uh, but on the last day of that project, um, it was like, well, it was about maybe two or three days before the last day, but last day of that project, the project was in July. Uh, and so, you know, it was 7.31. And so I remember, um, Scoot and I were talking, we were drained after another big day. And I remember telling him after that, I was like, hey, like after this month and after this project, like we're not going back to like ever doubting ourselves again. Like we're not, we're not going to like after like 731. And that's our thing that we tell each other now is like, you know, if, if we're feeling weird or like there's an idea that we have and we want to move forward on it, but we're like, ah, like, I don't know. Like we just say 731 because that was a really big moment for us. And we really didn't look back from there. Like we kept going up. We, you know, we leveraged that opportunity. We were able to boldly speak about who we were, what we were doing in the space. Um, and, you know, at that point it was interesting because we did start to see the shift in how the clients kind of received us. Uh, and that was a really big piece of that confidence too, right? When you get done with your value prop and they're not only understanding it, but then they're also telling you like, 
man, this is actually really helpful. Um, and yeah, like, you know, no, you know, we're not, we're not scoffing at it. Like it's a lot, but it's worth it. So let us like regroup and we'll come back. And we're not actually sitting trying to negotiate like, you know, all the nickels and dimes, like that was huge for us. And it really helped us expand, you know, who we were, the, the, the company ideals, and again, the team, right? So where we're confidently, you know, saying like, hey, we need more teammates, right? Uh, and, and we can get great folks like, like Mary to join. So um, I would definitely say if I could go back, it would be, you know, not making it 731. I would have loved to make it like, you know, uh, let's see, when do we do Corinthian? Uh, 322. I would have loved for it to be 323. Like I would have loved for us to wake up and, you know, the confidence of actually accomplishing what we did with Quarantine Con, we would have been like, all right, great. We know who we are. Uh, let's go ahead and go make some millions. That would have been cool. Yeah. I think, we, you know, if we have the time, I'd love to even just double tap on that story even a little bit more. Uh, I think, you know, to this whole theme of like getting started and like where does it all end up in your network, right, Logan? Um, you know, we were doing events for folks um, and, you know, the referrals started to come in, right? Hey, can you do it for my job? Can you do it for my group? And someone said, hey, can you do it for my organization? Right. So we said yes. And so we came in and um, we put together a hop in demo, super simple, you know, cool 30 minute meeting. Someone in that meeting goes, hey, there's another group that I think needs this as well. Do you mind jumping on the phone with them? Of course, we say yes. Right. Uh, so we jump on the phone with them. And, you know, at this point, we hadn't really had a, a true, uh, I guess, it'd be five figure client. Right. Um, and I think, you know, for transparency, given everyone's scale, right, this is I think we ended up doing like this is like thirty seven thousand dollars at the end of the day. Right. And so big, big amount. Right. I'm in my mom's house. You know, he's at his mom's house. Right. We're just you know, we, we haven't charged this before for an event. Um, and, you know, literally the lady goes, OK, well, let's, you know, tell me the price. Right. And so we're going back and forth on. Well, if you say this much, that means that much hourly. And that's so we had to get out of the mindset of like hourly rates, right? It's like, okay, this is not about hourly at this point. This is about fixed fee. We're going to do something for 30 days straight. They've never done it. We're the experts. They've got C suite executives that are coming on this thing, like, you know, let's really give the price. Um, and I remember at that moment, too, uh, I think it was like 2 a.m., right? And we didn't even have a debt. We had never made like a proposal. Again, all of our deals had been kind of like text message, right? Like, Hey, my friend wants to do this. Cool. Okay, we're in. Here's the price, right? You know, it's very simple. Contracts are like on Google Docs. Um, and I remember going, okay, if we're going to give someone a price of 37000 we should probably have at least a couple slides, right? And that slideshow was our was our website up until the former president story. I mean, literally, I mean, we, we made some edits, but it was that original document that really became our website. But what's really cool is, you know, Fast forward, she says yes to the price without even looking at the deck. Uh, but uh, we meet a speaker, right, who happened, Trayvon did, right, who happened to take a liking to him. She was on the board of said foundation with the former president who knows that both of our names is Trayvon. Um, and, you know, she was a speaker uh, during this moment. So it's, it's a really cool full circle thing, right, of how that's all really connected and, and interwoven. And, um, and then you fast forward, right, and you know, now we're standing in front of that foundation and now we're charging, you know, six figures, right? And it's like, whoa, you know, we're, we're confident, right? And they're having to even kind of tell us, hey, can you take off a couple thousand, you know? Um, and so it, it was really cool to see that grow. So I think if there's any entrepreneur out there right now, right, it's like really, again, leaning into that value statement, you know, values that you have, the value that you offer. Um, and then, you know, keep keep going down the, the path, right? And just adjusting and tweaking, and then you'll realize you're so much further on the other side, right? Um, and, you know, again, there were many times during that 30-day event that we were like, 
we got to charge, right? Why did we do this, right? This is this is terrible, right? But it opened up so many doors for us and it gave us runway, right? And I think, again, in those early days, uh, it's important to, you know, just have that bank account or that whatever you, you want to call it, right? To say, hey, we have 30,000, right? We spend 2,000 a month, right? We are good for the next 15 months. Okay, that's great. You know, let's keep going, right? And doing that kind of back of napkin math but then once you keep going, you start to realize, oh, I'm getting more months in one way. Now, to Trayvon's point, let's lean in. Let's do these systems. We don't have to actually stay up till 6 a.m. anymore, right? We don't have to do that, right? We can actually bring on more talented people. Um, and so, you know, I, I think it was an important story you told. And I wanted to kind of even just dive deeper into the, the, the deep cuts of that one because uh, it, it really is special. Well, I think you touched on something important there, too, for listeners of just understanding that if we can get away from sometimes the hourly and the time basis for what you're charging and understand that it is your experience as well as your expertise, you know, that that clients are getting out of your projects, you know, that that's kind of behind some of your rates. And I think that'll help, especially folks who are just getting started, you know, have limited experience, but maybe they have that expertise. Like it sounds like both of you guys pulled from your other your past experience before you even got into the event industry. Yeah, um, I think there's an abundance of clients, right? I mean, uh, Trayvon, what's the stat? Like, how big is the industry, right? And so, I, you know, I think we kind of get caught up with like, oh, I want to be the best in, you know, Washington. I want to be the best in D.C. I want to be the best in Wyoming, wherever you're sitting at the moment, right? Atlanta. Um, you realize like, oh, there's a big world out here, right? And there are so many different clients. And I think, you know, that's something that we're learning, right? Well, what's a nonprofit and what's the right size nonprofit for us, right? Should we be going after the ones that are doing you know, a uh, million dollars in revenue or, or donations and investments or the ones that are doing hundreds of millions of dollars, right? And what does it take for each? And so, you know, I think positioning yourself is super important. You kind of get to be able to position yourself when you understand your value, right? If you really research and understand where you sit in the industry, other folks uh, and other players, you get to say, oh, I'm actually on the higher end, which means I can actually demand this price. I can actually go tap into this clientele. Um, and now when someone's on the phone giving you a hard time, if they give you a hard time in the sales process about the price, you, you know, they might not be the best client for you, right? You might want to go ahead and just say no uh, at the beginning uh, and save yourself the headache, right? If they don't follow your systems, right? I mean, we had a client, this lady would continuously text me. She would not fill out the form. She would not book, a, you know, she just kept calling and pop to, right? But she wanted our help. And there was a moment of going like, I can't, I can't do, I can't do that to my team. I can't do that to Trayvon, right? I know that this is not going to go well, right? She's not going to respect the things that we say on the front end. So when it gets down time and we're all stressed and it's two days before, right? She's probably not going to also follow our systems that we know we need to do. And that's all we charge you. Uh, and, and then on top of that, I know you, so we're probably giving you a discount. Actually, you know what? We're just going to, you know. I can meet with you for 30 minutes, give you everything I know and call it a day, right? And I think being okay with that sometimes is important. Um, and it can be tough, right? Because you, you know, you need to know, you know, how many clients do I need? And, and that's, I think, also part of the systems that we've been able to figure out, not just operationally, but just as a business too, on scale, how big do we want to be, right? Do we want to be a $10 million business? Do we want to be a $1 million business? If we want to be a $10 million business, how many events do we have to do, right? How many events at what level do we have to do, right? Um, and so that kind of also helps us guide us and say like, okay, yes, you know, we are, we need to do this client or actually, no, we don't have to do this because that's not getting us towards our goal. So 
Thank you so much for, yeah, that was, honestly, it's awesome. And I, I've really appreciated the tips that you all have shared. So thank you so much for being willing to share your journey with us and where you're at. And um, I'm really excited. I think everyone who's listening, hopefully will be really excited to see what your future is. And so we'll make sure that we post your, um, where you all can follow West Peak in the show notes because follow along and, and keep in touch and see what's going on. So just thank you so much again for joining us and is there anything else that you want to add before we close and uh not not anything outside of just saying thank you all right like i think you know anytime that we get an opportunity to be on a platform we always try to make space to like appreciate the hosts Uh, i don't think many people know that the dedication that it takes to kind of like go through coordinating recording getting us on the calendar i know we've been trying to do this for a while so thank you all for just you know making sure you give us those gentle nudges as we call them to get it done because we're super happy to be sharing with your community and also to be a part of the community so thank you all for the warm welcome into the event space you all are the true professionals we're just in here you know trying not to break too much stuff as we figure it all out uh, but thank you all so much uh, just for the work you all are doing, Mary and Logan. Really appreciate you all. Uh, my my sweater says women produce and I would like to I wanted to wear it today uh, because, you know, I really do think that you know, a big part of our success has also been the like, you know, foundational women that have been a part of our team, um, you know, like from operations to all of our event uh, managers like. We have some really, really great women that are on our team that are like pushing us. Um, I know I'm the person who loves the system. I don't always follow them. So, uh, you know, having people on our team who can make sure that we follow is, is really important. So I uh, just want to say kudos to you all for the work that you are doing. Um, love this work. I think it's going to be needed for the next generation to kind of hear these stories um, and for us to continue to innovate in this space. So appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks you both. I think, Mary, is it time for our uh, our lovely bonus tip? Yes, it is. You have the bonus tip today, Logan. I do. And this one I feel like is really good to kind of cater to what we've been talking about, scaling your business and talking about what do you need to grow your business. So if you're someone who's had a big event or a big client that you want to work with, I suggest that you break that big goal down into little steps and try to do one thing a week to get you closer to that big one. So for me, that's the working the Olympics. I got to work the Tokyo Olympics, which was like my dream gig. And then the Beijing Olympics snuck up really quickly and I well, not, I'm not going to lie. I was a little uh, a little bummed I wasn't able to go. And so I have my eyes set on Paris 2024 and Milano Cortina 2026, which is the Winter Olympics. And you might be thinking, I'm crazy that that's four months, four years away. But I found just doing one thing a week, whether that's trying to connect with someone who worked at the past games or some companies do hire people around the games more formally and just checking their website to see if their application is open. One little thing each week I'm hoping is going to turn into one of these big goals. So for whatever event or client that is for you, I encourage you to make that something that you're doing into little, little steps. And you'll be surprised that you'll, you could end up landing that big client or event that you've always wished for. Great bonus tip. Not only manifest it, but actually put the steps to make it happen. Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone so much for joining us for another episode of the Better Events Podcast. We will be be back with you again next Wednesday. And in the meantime, if you'd like to follow us, you can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Better Events Pod or send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com. So thank you so much, everybody. See you later. Bye.